and that's what they're saying to their friends who don't ride on bikes with power. They're, they're coming out and those friends used to always lead the pack or drop them. And now they're dropping these friends and like, what did you do? I'm like, I just rode with a power, the bike with power all winter long. Their friends are like, where? I need to go there. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast summer now we're just a little past the summer solstice here uh recording this on the first day of july 2014 and joining me is instructor uh, triathlon coach all-around great guy dennis mellon how are you dennis i'm doing great john thanks for having me on again we are um, preparing to record your new audio profile mashup high intensity interval training versus party on the bike but before that, I thought, well, it'd be fun to get some of your observations uh, based on going a full winter season with indoor cycles with power and the result that it had on your participants. First of all, tell everybody what you're riding and how long you've had them. Uh, I work at three different clubs. Um, the club that I spend most of my time at, we ride the new Spinner Ion Blades, and we've been riding them for six to eight months now. How have you been seeing the, the consistency, reliability? I realize you had some early problems. Have those been sorted? We did. We had we had some issues, but Star Trek has really done a nice job working with us, and I am seeing no problems at all now. Um, and I think they're they're pretty accurate. So I'm pretty happy with the way the problems have been taken care of. Awesome. Now explain to everybody where you are, and maybe gives us some understanding of who your typical participants are. The club that has a spinner eye on blades is Greenwood Athletic and Tennis Club, and we are just south of Denver. It's actually in the Denver Tech Center. Um, it's Greenwood Village, Colorado, because um, we're 10 miles from downtown Denver. We're a big club, but a big private club. Um, we have a lot of members that have been here for 20, 25 years now. Um, we have a mix of really, really good athletes, um, some professional cyclists, some professional triathletes, and some top age group um, triathletes as well. Um, and then a bunch of people that are just really, really serious about their fitness. So you have a an interested group as far as power is concerned. Oh, yeah. We had been waiting for our the Spinner Ion Blade Bikes for for a few years, actually, um, and they were patiently waiting for them to come. Um, once they came, people really wanted to train with the power, and uh, and we've been using it, and all the instructors have bought in, and most of the members have as well. Um, there's a few that you know want the old days of the party on the bike, so that's kind of why I put this profile together. Um, Are they, how would you describe them, data junkies, a lot of your participants? Uh, I would say no. They want the infer the information right there. I mean, I'm a tri coach, and I use Training Peaks and all these other uh, all this other software and data collection devices. But there's very few people that actually collect that and upload it. Some of the some of the triathletes will do that. Some of the cyclists do that. But our members in general want it to happen right there. They want to see it. They want to use it. Then they want to forget about it until the next time. 
Got it. Okay. Because I do know, you know, there's a number of uh, clubs, you know, that have bikes with power and plus wireless connectivity, and then they're using performance IQ and, uh, you know, combining that with those fancy live edit websites and, you know, that gives everybody their stats and emails and all that cool stuff that comes with it. But so you're telling me that, that your athletes aren't missing that or they're just happy seeing what their power is today? I think they're happy seeing what it is today, but if we did it for them, they would love it. So if we did performance IQ and had it log automatically, I think they would use it, but they don't want to spend the extra time logging it. Got it. Okay. Well, it, let me ask you this question. That's com- the, the podcast has always been pretty random. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a random question. Do you see um, technology devices uh, that the participant has to bring to the studio as um, something that your participants are interested in? Or would they prefer just to have everything there when they get there? I think they want it all there. I use the Stages app actually works with the um, the Ions. So that, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> so that's the app. I use that app, and I get all that information. And there's a bug or two. It's nothing that you can't work around. Um, and then I just use the Stages app to collect all that through the Ant Plus, and then I load my stuff up to Training Peaks. I, I've had maybe five or six people. Um, talk to me about how to use the Stages app and how to get the dongle and the AMP Plus antenna. Um, but I think, honestly, I think Performance IQ has it right. Has it right? Just walk in, do the class, upload it, come back the next day, and see how you're doing with your old, with all the information that they've been uploading. I think that's really what's going to have to happen. I even see that in. Um, there's some clubs here. There's some equipment that you. Can that tracks everything you do. This is even weight equipment, and I think they like having that kiosk and then the iPhone app or the you know the phone app, and having it happen automatically. I don't think people are going to go in and actually load their information, and I don't think a majority of the people are. But if it happens automatically, I think they love it. I think it's a great service, and I think it's right. great. Yeah, I think it's great to see your improvement then, and it's like logging anything. It's like keeping a journal of anything. I think you're you're much more app to use it if it's there and you can see your improvement okay but but and again i'm of the same mindset that says that we have to provide all this equipment i I absolutely and it's got to be there and they just get on it and they'll they'll be grateful for the information but same thing that you know we've got free motion bikes and the stages app and um has i think two or three people have ever you know gone that far but if we could send them an email with all that information at the end of class they would just get totally jazzed by it oh i think so it's out there i think we should use it i think we should use that technology it's like anybody any diet software like the hardest part is to get people to actually log it if they log it then they see what they're doing and they're accountable to the to it and maybe they don't want to be accountable to mm-hmm. to what they're doing um but when you really want to see results i think you need to be and you have to log Okay, and the, again, this was nothing that we planned on talking about, but it, it it seems very interesting to me. The next question is then, are you seeing a greater acceptance of power now than what you previously saw as far as heart rate? Or is it the same or less? I am seeing a lot of acceptance of power, but I believe it's because it's right there and they don't have to bring anything in. They it's, it shows up as soon as they start to pedal their bikes. They don't have to bring a chest strap 
or a heart rate monitor. Um, and also the batteries don't go dead um, like they do on the heart rate monitors. So um, I think people <laughs> or, love – Or don't work. <laughs> don't work at all. Don't sync up. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing people are – I would say people are using power the same way they use speed or level on a treadmill or another piece of equipment. It's just there, and they expect it to be there now. Um, heart rate is a whole other thing. Got it. Okay. Cause yeah, that, you know, cause we've fought that battle for years trying to encourage people to bring monitors and I know clubs are selling monitors and everything else, but you still had a, a less than desirable, at least from my perspective, acceptance. And, and I, and I'm honestly convinced it's just that it's, it's, it's a simple fact of them needing to remember to bring it and then remembering to grab it out of their bag and bring it into class. And they mm-hmm. just, Kind of say, well, I got through it without it, so why? Why bother? And the, the heart rate monitors were complicated. There, there are a number of times people are coming up to me asking me how to work. Their heart rate <laughs> yes, exactly. Like Do you know how to, you know how to set my Polar Seven Thousand or whatever? It's like, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry, and I didn't bring my readers, so I can't help. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's exactly right. I would say, well, where's your manual? Bring that, and I'll help you. But I can't just do it. Uh, so that was that's been an ongoing issue with the bikes. It's nice you spin and they turn on, and there it is. There it is. Awesome. Okay, so what are your yeah. participants seeing? Are you getting feedback? They're you know Hercules or uh, Lance Armstrong for. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not supposed to use that word. Yeah, I will. The guy was still awesome. Um, but are they, exactly. are they seeing improvements? Absolutely. Now, at first, we were having some issues with those ion bikes, um, which, again, have been taken care of. I think they're, they're we're working really well now. Um, so at first, it, the consistency was a little off from bike to bike, but they were still using them. So we tried to sell them on, let's just find a threshold or find your best effort for this day on this bike, and then we'll try to improve it from there. So they couldn't necessarily do an FTP one month and do an FTP the next month and see an improvement unless they were on the same bike. Um, so they accepted that and they were fine. The bikes are much, much better now and much more uh, consistent. But what I'm seeing is people are riding outside and we have some some standard climbs or some favorite climbs that are that are done in this area, um, like Deer Creek Canyon, High Grade, they call this other road. And everybody has a time. Everybody has a time for them. Something and, to measure. Absolutely. One year to the next. Okay. Absolutely. And they are coming up minutes faster. And I think it all had to do with the fact that there was that feedback on the bike and even, I think people always worked hard when you ask them to work hard, but I think they're working harder during the easier sets now. They're not taking all the resistance off. They're still keeping something on there. So they're getting more work in the hours that they're there. Um, and I, personally, that's what I think is why the improvements are happening. Um, and, uh, and then our interval work has been, there's, there are numbers to shoot for, and they hit them and they try to get her and you know anybody that's competitive wants to improve every single class they try um and uh it's happened i've been i've had numerous people come up saying i'm so much faster now i'm so much stronger i'm holding a mile per hour faster i'm climbing these hills two to three minutes quicker um so it's great it's great to see all that work that you did all winter long actually help out when you're actually outside that's awesome yeah it's been it's been really rewarding Right. And talk about a retention tool, you know, as you're a studio owner, all of a sudden people are going to like, they're going to need this fix again next winter. 
Oh, absolutely. We're gonna, right. We have to keep none improving. Of them are getting any young, yeah, none of them are getting any younger either. <laughs> right. Um, and so, because now, well, am I unique or, you know, because I tend to judge my fitness in the spring by what gear I'm finding myself in. Mm-hmm. You know, am I in my 19 or my 17 or whatever? Is that is that universal from what you see? I hear that some. I have so many people changing bikes so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> said that, uh, and going from you know their double to the compact double from a triple back, they keep bouncing around. So I hear that a little bit. Mostly, it's just the miles per hour, or or those those standard rides that they do, and they find themselves being that much faster. Got it. Because I know on my Garmin um, bike bicycle computer, you know, it has that ability to race myself. Mm-hmm. And where where I live, they're just they're just there just isn't a you know like you say a long climb or some uninterrupted effort that it would make sense to do that with. Uh-huh. And so, but it, so I'm a little envious of you out there in Colorado <laughs> to have that. How long? Just for an example, how long are some of these favorite climbs that you're discussing? How how long are they? Uh, most of the the favorite climbs that people will judge themselves or test themselves on are an hour or longer. So, an hour. Yeah, it's steady climbing for an hour. Wow. And it's uh okay. now some of the pros come out and obviously do them in 30, 40, 45 minutes, but the average rider, you know, I hear people saying it used to take me an hour and 15 minutes, now it takes me an hour and 12 minutes. Um and that's a that's still a pretty big improvement um over that course of time. Awesome. And you're not getting dropped early in the season then either. That's always fun, yeah. Yeah, and so that so that that your bikes with power tend to be their secret weapon. Uh, I, well, that's what they're all saying. This time. I'm telling my, <laughs> and that's what they're saying to their friends who don't ride on bikes with power. They're they're coming out, and those friends used to always lead the pack or drop them, and now they're dropping these friends. And like, what did you do? I'm like, I just rode with a power, with a bike with power, all winter long. And their friends are like, where? I need to go there. Um, and then they would start talking up the instructors that really focus on training with power. Um, and you're like getting you, like, right? Like me. And there's in our club, there's there's a bunch of us, a um, bunch of people that ride and uh, and really use the power. I think to its fullest potential. Wow! What a glowing endorsement for indoor cycling with power. Oh, absolutely! I think it's been. I think it is the thing that's going to keep indoor cycling strong for for years to come. It's exciting. Again, it's like, oh, I got to do this again next year. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's one thing to think you're going to do it in your basement. Um, but, uh, you know, the whole group element and, and, uh, the accountability to cl- specific classes scheduled at specific times. People I've talked to that have compu trainers that it went out and spent the thousands of dollars for the, for a true compu trainer. They're like, yeah, but it's so much easier for me to just walk in the club now because, you've given me everything. We have the group. It's fun. You have the music and, um, and the workouts, you know, are, if the workouts are in that case, um, put together with some kind of structure, they're getting the benefit out of it. And then it is fun for them and they don't have to set up, clean up and do all the things. They come to the club, take a shower and go to work. So, um, I think we're seeing people, more people, more of the cyclists or more of the real focused riders, um, come into the club now, as opposed to sitting in their basement on their computer trainer. Right. Which has always been historic. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or historical, I guess, however you say it. But, uh, 
right? And uh, but just one one caveat to that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a studio owner, you're not going to pay your bills with cyclists because they'll all leave you in the spring. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> right, right. The rank and file members are still the ones that are going to be the. We're going to pay your bills. And- one thing that I'm seeing, and maybe it's just here, and we get out quite a bit. Um, and most of our riders can get out throughout the winter. Maybe there's a month that they can't get out, but there's always a nice day that comes out and everybody jumps outside and rides. Um, we're starting to find, and I was so happy to hear this because as a tri coach, I say the same thing. You need to be inside once in a while, even in the summer. So we're starting to see some people say, okay, I'm going to do my hour long intervals with you in the club. But then I'm going to spend the rest of the time out. So we're not losing people all together. So there may be a place to say, we are going to do this high-intensity interval class this day, and I want all the cyclists to come so you can get your hard work, your high-intensity work in, then go outside and do the rest of the stuff. So we're seeing that happen. And even the high, the, uh, the top triathlon coaches, even in beautiful days, will have – I mean, I hear it in Boulder. They're sitting there looking out at the, at the flat irons in Boulder on their deck riding their trainer to make sure that they get specifically what they need to get done. So that's happening in cycling. And uh, hopefully it can also happen in indoor cycling if we make that focus and let them know the benefit of once in a while, just be inside and hit it really hard and then go enjoy your fitness outside the rest of the week. You know, that's an interesting strategy. I I hadn't considered that. Yeah, that you're going to create a very unique, uh, efficient um, workout that's many times difficult to replicate when you're out just riding around the, right. like yeah. where we do around the lake or mm-hmm. where you are. It has to be worth their while though. And if it's not worth their while, they'd rather do it outside. Hmm. Well, if you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm going to try that, please uh, let me know. John at indoorcycleinstructor.com. Well, that was a very encouraging Dennis. And I'm going to be excited to record your profile here as we end the, the free version of our podcast. So I want to thank you for your, uh, time and contribution. Oh, thanks so much for having me again. 